On this episode of the The Sam D Podcast, we get into the passing of Bill Russell. His legacy on and off the court is unmatched. Also, his trials and tribulations dealing with Boston is unmatched. We'll get into it. Will Deshaun Watson still get a suspension even if he settles with all of his accusers? It's a dialogue I think needs to be had. Calamari gets paid. Kinda. Calamari gets clowned. Definitely. What does that mean for Lamar? You know where I'm at. 300. The Saudis are not for play play. They tried to break up inside the NBA. Could basketball or football be on their radar next? All of that and more on the latest The Sam D Podcast. Hello and welcome to the The Sam D Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Dismay Jr. Follow me on no longer the Elon app at the Sandy. That's T H E E S A M D. For all content, audio, and visual, hit up thesamd.com. Follow along with the podcast also on the no longer Elon app at the Sandy Podcast, all one word. Subscribe and rate to the podcast, five stars, nonetheless. Tell a friend. Available on the Purple app and the Rogan app. Musical production done by Mayfirst Music. Support him at soundcloud.com slash Music. One night, we came home from a three-day weekend and found we had been robbed. Our house was in shambles, and the word nigga was spray-painted on the walls. The burglars had poured beer on the pool table and ripped up the felt. They'd have broken into my father's trophy case and smashed most of the trophies. I was petrified and shocked at the mess. Everyone was very upset. The police came, and after a while they left. It was then that my parents pulled back their bed covers to discover that the burglars had defecated in their bed. Every time the Celtics went out on the road, Vandals would come and tip over our garbage cans. My father went to the police station to complain. The police told him that raccoons were responsible. So he asked where could he apply for a gun permit. The raccoons never came back. The only time we were really scared was after my father wrote an article about racism in professional basketball for the Saturday Evening Post. He earned a nickname Felton X. We received threatening letters and my parents notified the Federal Bureau of Investigation. What I find most telling about this episode is that years later, after Congress had passed the Freedom Information Act, my father requested his FBI file and found that he was repeatedly referred to therein as, quote, an arrogant Negro who won't sign autographs for white children, end quote. Those are the words of Bill Russell's daughter. Bill Russell passed away, and everyone took to social media to do two things. To talk about his greatness on and off the court, and to remind you of the horrific nature of what he endured as a preeminent and prominent black player 
playing for the Boston Celtics. Here's where it's going to get tricky, though. And be aware of this as you're hearing the narrative start this Monday morning. Be aware that the Boston media as a whole is extremely powerful in the national landscape. The narratives are going to get spun that there was a love affair with Bill Russell and the Celtics. We are not here to let them do that. We are not here for them to romanticize in passing, in his passing, the relationship of Bill Russell and the city of Boston. Now, they will try to tell you that that was a long time ago. That was a different generation, a different era. America as a whole was different. Now, you could look at me and the majority of those of you who are listening, according to my analytics, and we could all look at that like, "Mm, I don't know if that's true. However, they will try to get it off. And since they're going to be speaking to their own majority, that narrative will remain actual and factual. And therein lies the point. The Boston media as a whole has a stranglehold on this industry. When Boston wants something to be spread, it gets spread very quickly because they are still considered a major market because of the fact that they have the Patriots, they have the Celtics, they have the Red Sox. Those are three major franchises. Those are all franchises that have won multiple times throughout my lifetime. So with their rise, the media has become more and more important there because they have access to the plays that have come through there. So Boston is one of those whether you like it or not. But the fact that we had Bill Russell after winning a championship, coming home to the N-word being spray-painted on his walls, finding shit in his bedroom, having trophies being stolen out of his house while living in Massachusetts after winning a championship for the Celtics. And then we could fast-forward to today, where Marcus Smart has said he has been called N-word while being out and about in Boston. It's often being spun that that type of rhetoric has died with that generation. The Bill Russell era and even eras before that. Like, oh, well, that's an old way of thinking. That, That era will eventually just die out. Not understanding that people from that era teach their offspring and teach their offspring's offspring the same rhetoric, so therefore it gets passed to current generations. But that's why I'm here, and I'm imploring you all as well, we are not going to let Boston try to romanticize their relationship with Bill Russell. And Bill Russell has tried to not allow Boston to romanticize their relationship, because if you remember, when they retired his jersey in 1972, It was a closed-door event. This wasn't a, hey, let's do this at a game and open it up and have everyone pull up. Like No, no, no. They did this behind closed doors in 1972. Now, I went back and watched. uh, There was a sports century done back in the day on Bill Russell. I think that was like in the late 90s. And first of all, documentaries then compared to now, man, it's it's lacking. Like, for that point in time, Sports Century was dope because it was the only thing we had. Now, with whether it's athletes doing their own docs or 
the full of the network, the 30 for the, like the difference between Sports Century and 30 for 30 is so stark that it's crazy. It's done so much better now than it was then. Because essentially, if you go back and it, it's on YouTube, if you YouTube the Bill Russell Sports Century, it's about 40 something minutes. And you basically have white journalists telling you the story of Bill Russell. And they use, I think the only black reporter they got was Bill Roden, the great Bill Roden from the New York Times back in the day. And it was such a dark, a stark difference from when he was telling the story than when the white reporters were telling the story. You had white reporters in that, in that doc basically like effectively saying like, yeah, it's fuck Bill Russell. Like, he was a surly guy. I didn't like him. He wouldn't give me what I needed to do to do my job. Like, they were, they were shitting on him in this doc that was supposed to be highlighting the, the story, the arc of his career. Seeing that and seeing how that's been pushed, you would have never gotten that in today's era. You would have never been able to get, get that off. You would have never been able to get that off. So I think it's something interesting to look at, to see how media was able to control narratives even up until the late 90s, as opposed to today, you have allegedly new media and just better reporting being done, better stories being told today. You're able to be more objective today than back in the 90s or even before when everything was being controlled through biases through the majority white media. One thing that was mentioned in that Sports Century doc is that he wanted to live in a good neighborhood in Massachusetts, and he chose Reading, Reading, Mass. And it said in the Sports Century how he was the only one, the only black family that moved into that neighborhood. And just the fact that he grew up in a, you know, he was born in a black neighborhood in, in Louisiana, but eventually was raised out there in the Bay in Oakland. And then when he became a Celtic and was starting to make money, he wanted to make sure, like, yo, I want the best of the best. I am making a certain amount of money. I want my children to have the best of the best. So if that means I have to live in a white in a white neighborhood, then so be it. So he moved to Reading, Massachusetts, and that's where all the shit popped off. That's where the raccoons appeared. Ultimately, when it comes to Bill Russell and the eleven championships and all that stuff, I think it's more importantly for me when what I remember is a few things. It's that laugh, that laugh that he had. You could hear from anywhere. It's the most stark and recognizable laugh. I think in the history of laughs, like if you do a top five of most recognizable laughs, I don't know who you're putting over him for number one. Put me in a crowded room of, you know, thousands of people. If I hear that laugh, I'm like, Bill Russell is somewhere in here. So, you know, there's that. And then two, as a basketball player, he was very confident. But if we're playing the game of, you know, Will versus Russell was the original Magic versus Bird, uh, Jordan versus Magic, uh, then I guess Jordan versus Kobe, then Kobe versus LeBron, then LeBron versus Jordan. Like the first one of those, from a basketball perspective anyway, was Wilt versus Russell. Wilt versus Russell, statistically, is a mismatch in every sense of the word. And if you dig back in the archives, it's, it's way back there. 
it's probably within the first 50 episodes, maybe. It's definitely in the first 100, but I would say more like in the first 50. I had Oso back on here, and he lit up Bill Russell's uh, stats. And he'll he'll light them up to this day. Like, he's not, you know, death has not, um, has not allowed uh, any grace because, and it's very factual, Bill Russell as a basketball player was great for his era, immortal for his era. Also, you can nitpick his impact offensively. Defensively, you can't nitpick. You cannot nitpick a guy that can get you 30 boards. You just can't. I don't care whatever that is. 30 boards is still 30 boards. Um, what you can do, though, is nitpick a guy that shoots 40% and lower for a guy that's 6'9 in an era where there weren't a lot of guys 6'9. So you could definitely nitpick Bill Russell's um, offensive game, but defensively, grabbing boards, and again, the outlet passing, it seems like that's where that era kind of, they take an L by default because we're looking at it like, yeah, dog, it's just an outlet pass. Well, I'm like, yeah, but back then, an outlet pass was how like Harden with the step back. When he started coming with the step backs and people were going crazy, that's what an outlet pass was to them. So, you know, it's, it's, you have to take it with a grain of salt. Like, so when, when you're hearing people talk about, bro, like, oh, man, that outlet, he perfected that outlet pass. It's like, yo, though, it's a pass. Just like now, we're like, yo, it's a step back, bro. Like, there's kids doing step backs. But at that point in time, no one was doing outlet passes like that. So that became a thing. Bill Russell off the court, though, the way that he stood tall, dealing with the Boston media fan base and just everything around that. Being a black man during that era, standing tall, not giving, not wanting to give autographs. He never gave autographs, not to children, not to teammates, unless it was a, a signed deal. He was not giving autographs like he'd rather chop it up with you. He'd rather have a conversation with you. That's the type of dude he was like, you know, most fans just want to run up, take a pic, take a selfie and then go about their day to say, hey, I just saw so and so. Or back in the day, he's like, oh, this guy signed his name on my T-shirt or my piece of paper or whatever. He was more inclined like, yo, I'd rather sit and have a conversation if you really want to get to know me. Because, again, he was considered an enigma of sorts. So he'd rather do that then just scribble his name on a piece of paper and, you know, you run back to whatever you're doing before. This is a man that, you know, went down to Mississippi after Medgar Evers got shot. This is a man that was out here in the streets, much like, you know, we saw Jalen Brown out here in the streets trying to make things happen. And he's he's one of the most socially conscious brothers outwardly anyway in the uh, in the league today. Uh, Bill Russell was that type of dude. Something was going down. He would pull up. You know, there's the photo of him, Kareem, Jim Brown, Muhammad Ali, all those dudes back in the day. And, you know, you look back at that photo and you realize, wow, like, those were some of the most outspoken bros at that time who knew their power and knew their leverage and were open to using it. And you just wonder, today as individuals, all these guys have their own brands and women, too. And I think that's the problem because the WNBA women have moved way more uh, as a unit to make change than the NBA. But that's a whole nother story. But could you ever get that type of energy today? Because, well, it was Kareem, Bill Russell, 
damn near all yeah Kurt Flood like it was all four major sports represented there as the as the most conscious ones in all those arenas all coming together different denominations uh different backgrounds different you know types of energy when it comes to women like it's 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 all there yet and still they were able to come together for one cause could that happen today could that photo happen today and could the action that happened behind that photo take place today? The impact that that photo had and the actions that occurred after, could that be replicated today? I don't think so, unfortunately. I don't know if you're going to get a Braun, uh, who would be the guy in the NFL? That's a problem. Who's in the NFL that you would consider to be the most conscious? Like, I don't know who you're getting. I don't know who you're getting, and I think that's, that's by design with the shield. But who, grab whoever from the NFL. Boxing, I don't think we have anyone. I mean, you could say Floyd by default, but yeah, that's problematic in many different ways. I don't know who you're going to get. Could have been Deontay, but he'd he been tricked that off. So I, I don't know if we have those types in all four major sports or at least the three ones that at least have a decent showing of black people in them. I don't know if you have that. You could get Serena up there. Serena's talked that talk. Like, I don't know who you get. If it was women, I think it'd be a lot easier. It'd be mostly women in tennis and the WNBA. You could flood that stage. You could recreate that photo. But when it comes to men, I think there's more socially conscious baseball players. You get Mookie Betts up there. You get Mookie Betts up there. I mean, Mookie Betts wore a T-shirt saying there need to be more black people in the stadium. He did that during the MLB All-Star game. And Mookie Betts was a former Boston Red Sox. So he knows. (laughs) He knows what type of time. Like, he knows what it is. So you could get a couple of guys. I just don't know who you're getting for football. And I really don't know. You could get Jalen Brown, I guess. He's like the default. But again, I don't think he has a star power. Like, he's he's not Kareem or Bill Russell from that photo. So I don't know who's going to be the NBA rep. That's crazy. The sport that's the most black doesn't have anyone that is as that doesn't have the star power combined with the social awareness of a Bill Russell or Kareem. And in the NFL, you know, you can definitely say a lot of things negatively about Jim Brown, but you don't have no one in the NFL that is on the same type of time in regards to social awareness as Jim Brown. Matter of fact. I will tweet this out in real time. If we were to recreate this photo of today's players, who would be on it? I'll do that from the at the Sandy podcast uh, account. Y'all getting this in real time. So when y'all see that tweet, y'all going to know this is when Sam was was, uh, doing the pod. just did that okay so i'll be interested to see what y'all feedback is on that 
But yeah, that that's the problem when it comes to this is the most socially aware uh, generation, allegedly. But I don't know who we got to really push from a high star power level. I don't know who we have to push the agenda, the plight of POC people forward. I just don't know who that person is or who those who that group is. So I took a little break, uh, one, because it's July, and two, anytime I would hear something, it basically was an update that, yeah, nothing's happening, nothing substantial is going to be happening. Like, the Rudy Gobert thing essentially broke free agency and broke the trade market. So I was like, oh, well, ain't going to be nothing to talk about then. (laughs) Ain't going to be nothing to talk about. So I'm going to just coast until we get through July because July is the worst time of the year. For anyone who tries to do content that is majorly based around sports. You know, Woj gave y'all a fake uh, Woj bomb at 2 a.m. Just to tell y'all that the Celtics were thinking or had made an offer or had preliminary discussions of making a Kevin Durant trade. He dropped that at 2.30 in the morning. That band had to thumb out a tweet that was essentially old news just to keep his name and his brand relevant. And it was July, so they needed something to talk about for the next couple of days. This is where news just gets used. And that was old news. Even Windhorse, again, who appears to be the new T-God, it was it was Woj, and it was Shams, and it was Shams and Woj battling. And now Windhorse, fingers and all, has pulled up and is now airing out stuff that he feels with his sources are not true. He ain't scared of Woj, and that apparently is a thing at the Full Letter Network where you got to bow down to Woj. Windhorse has had enough. He is not for play-play, allegedly. He's been in this game 20-plus years just like some of these other guys, and he's like, nah, I'm not going to bow down to Woj. Just because the Full Letter Network bends over for Woj doesn't mean I got to just because we work here. If my sources are telling me something different than what your sources are telling you, then I'm going to report what my sources are telling me. I don't care that you're supposed to be the guy in all stories got to go through you like it's your news and you're really breaking everything. We're really just aggregating news from other people and just saying you broke it, allegedly. But Winhurst is not here for that. So he gave you that fake Woj bomb of KD, the Celtics, Jalen Brown, da-da-da-da, and everyone came out and was like, yeah, that's old, bruh. That's old. Like, you really woke up at 2.30 in the morning and thumbed that tweet out? And then had an article to follow the next morning to try to get clicks and to try to generate energy on shows and topics and, and headlines on shows. Like, you really did that? And this is yes, that's his job. Well, did you see the real bomb? That was not a Woj bomb, but an actual bomb that dropped today. So Deshaun Watson has three more settlements with accusers, including the original accuser. So that leaves one woman left to settle. And they're getting closer and closer. The NFL is supposed to be getting closer and closer to announcing its punishment or whatever for Deshaun Watson. But that woman was on Real Sports on HBO a couple of months ago, airing out her version of the story and crying. And again, I'm not here to say whether I believe what's true or what's not. It's certainly something fucked up. Deshaun Watson was doing or a culture 
that he was creating that was potentially fucked up. I'm not here to dispute any of that. What I'm saying is she was on HBO giving it up. Like, I'm going to keep airing him out, da-da-da-da. And sad to say, just like the Million Dollar Man said, everyone has a price. Everyone has a price, and eventually they got to the price for her and two others. So now it's just down to one. What's that price going to be? Because apparently there's a price for all of them to, to take the money, sign the NDA, and go away. And if Deshaun Watson is able to get all of them to sign NDAs and take the bread and go away, if you're the NFL, what are you doing? What are you suspending him for? If he's able to settle every single lawsuit, which means the cases will go away, what are you suspending him for? A couple of juries have already found no criminal charges. They found no criminal charges against him. If he makes all the cases go away, what standing does the league have to suspend him? If I'm missing something, let me know. I don't know what, how you could suspend someone who has some lawsuits and made them all go away. And he was even tried by a couple of grand juries and no criminal charges were filed. What are you doing then? What, what, are, you, what are you suspending him for? And again, I'm not here to defend him. I'm just, I'm just asking the question. What are you suspending him for if he had 20-some cases, 20-some lawsuits, and all 20 were all settled out of court? And they all signed NDAs or various forms of NDAs. What are you suspending him for? That happens all the time in athletics, in sports in general, where athletes have to sign NDAs and pay people off and there's never a suspension. I'm just asking the question. I'm just, I'm just, if, again, all of this is fresh, that this is fresh stuff, it broke overnight, so I'm, I'm spitting it straight how I feel. I'm not going to wait for the hot take shows to come out and get put their little spin on it and then I regurgitate. I'm just giving it to you how I feel off rip. If all the lawsuits go away, I don't know what Godell and them have to worry about. Because clearly they weren't trying to suspend him. Clearly. Clearly the Browns knew he was going to get some sort of punishment, whether a year or a few games or what have you. And that's why they structured that contract as so, where he, he's only going to earn $1 million this year. And the other 229 is from all the other years after this year. So clearly they were willing to like, all right, we'll take an L this year. And you missing some sort of time. But if all these cases are gone, why does he need to miss games? Now, we can morally judge him. But from an employment perspective, why shouldn't he be allowed to play? You may not like it. You may feel he's a nasty man out there. He'll no longer be the Michael Jordan of this sport, as Dabo claimed after he got drafted. But should he miss games? Just asking. Let's move on to some funny money. NFL funny money has come back in a major way. And then the energy shifted to a stupid clause that was ultimately removed days later. Kyla Murray got an extension. Says $230.5 million. However, <laughs> it's only... 
$160 million guaranteed. That funny money, man. Keep telling about that funny money. So while it would look like, oh, they're trying to pay him more than what Deshaun Watson got from Cleveland, nah, bro. That 230 and a half is cute. It's cute from an optics perspective. It makes you think, oh, well, now Kyle is the highest paid QB. Nah, bro. Nah, bro. It's still Deshaun Watson because it's 230 guaranteed. Meanwhile, you're only getting 160. 160 is less than 230. But you know, funny money. So Kyler went out here, signed that contract, and then it wasn't a leak. There's been a lot of talks of who leaked the contract, whether it was the, the Cardinal side or the Kyler Murray side. No one leaked the contract. Once you sign these contracts and they get approved, uh, they go into the NFL uh, portal, and anyone with an NFL account with access to that portal can look at your contract. So I don't know who, but someone looked at that contract and found that clause about man's having to have independent study for four hours, four hours a week. So allegedly man's is more of a, I just go by the feel of the game. He's not really out chair, breaking down tape night after night after night, like so many other QBs have done. And here's the narrative with that. I know there's a lot of talk of how hard Tom Brady works, Aaron Rodgers, uh, the fraud Drew Brees when he was still playing. There's a lot of narratives about how much film they study, and it's imperative to the development of a QB, Peyton Manning, both Mannings, I guess. But y'all know trash QBs also study film, right? <laughs> like, you tell me Nathan Peterman doesn't study film? He studied film. How'd that help him? Like, I mean, there's trash QBs all over the place who have studied film, and they still stink. So, you know, for me, it's like, all right, cool. You want me to study more? I learned that in school. Sometimes studying more doesn't really help, bro. If I'm not getting something, just not getting something. But clearly, Kyler Murray is getting something. You don't perform the way he's performed, and you can critique him. He's certainly not uh, above critique. But when it comes to... You know, you're worried about his development or you're worried about his work ethic going forward, then why are you giving giving him 160 million? Why are you giving him 160 million if you feel he's not going to put in the work that you need him to? Why even offer it? Why even offer a man 160 million if you feel this man's not going to put the work in? Clearly, it was either just a clause to sneak in there. Clearly, it has some merit. There's, that language is not common in NFL contracts. Every NFL player that has a media job or at least a social media handle has said they have never seen a clause like that. So apparently, Sun is a gamer. He's a big-time gamer. He, he's logged a lot of hours online playing games. And then, I guess, someone put the bug in the Cardinals there, and they're like, no, 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 we need to curtail this. Now, if you're out here playing Madden to study tape, he's not the first to do that. If you're out here playing COD instead of studying tape, I could see your organization having a problem. But again, if you feel it's that much of a problem to put it as a clause in the contract, then why are you guaranteeing this man $160 million? So was it just marketing or was it something they were just hoping to sneak in, hoping that he wouldn't catch it? And apparently he didn't catch it. Mans went on like a four minute diatribe of how he felt disrespected. Where clearly your agent then put you on game. Agent knew that contract was in there. He knew that clause was in there. 
And if the agent tries to get it off that he or she didn't know, then someone at the agent's office knew that paperwork comes right through that way. And it gets scanned and there's lawyers going over it. So Calamari, either A, your agent slash lawyer isn't who you think he or she is. Or two, you was hoping no one would know about this clause and you were probably going to ignore it anyway and just cash out on that 160 guarantee. But can we get back to the funny money, though? Because the, the, the funny money is a thing for me because that is clearly structured to appear as though he's getting more money than Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson got 230. Calamari's extension is 230 and a half. That's bullshit. It's a lie. And you know how hard I had to look to find the guaranteed money? If you go and duck, duck, go Calamari contract, it's going to come up 230 million when that's not the number. So you know how hard I had to look to find the actual guaranteed number? And that's why it's funny money. They're just selling narratives. Calamari will not make more money than Deshaun Watson. He will not. That contract is for $160 million. That's $70 million of funny money. You can do the math. $70 million of funny money. Deshaun Watson's money is guaranteed. And that's why, yo, Lamar, don't let them fool you. RG3. I don't know if he heard me on the Twitter spaces. I don't know if he heard the pods after that. But RG3 is out here saying Lamar needs 300. And I've been out here saying the same thing off rip. As soon as that Deshaun Watson contract came down, I said, all right, you're getting 230? Okay, if I'm Lamar, I'm asking for three. 300. Because I'm better than Deshaun Watson, whether you want to admit it or not. And I'm damn sure better than Kyler Murray. So if... Deshaun Watson getting 230 guaranteed. Kyler Murray still on a rookie deal gets an extension of 160 guaranteed. Oh yeah, I want 300. I want 300 if I'm Lamar Jackson. And here's the funny thing. When this whole Kyler Murray came out, there were some people that were detracting against the fact that Kyler Murray doesn't deserve uh 230 and a half million, even though we know it's 160. And they were bringing up the fact of, oh, well, you know, look at all the help he's had. How he had Nook. He had DeAndre Hopkins and da 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 da. I'm like, wait, how come y'all don't keep that same energy for Josh Allen? When I say Josh Allen, his numbers categorically took a rise just from the simple addition of Stefan Diggs. Just from the simple addition. Of Stefan Diggs. You can see the years before Diggs and after Diggs, and you can see the correlation. But no, that means Josh Allen's taking the biggest leap I've ever seen of a quarterback. Okay. But when Calamari has DeAndre Hopkins and the numbers go a little crazy, oh well, you know, he didn't really earn that. Like that's not that's not really him. That's that's DeAndre Hopkins. You know, Hopkins has been hurt. But nah, you know, but Josh Allen's out here running around with Stefan Diggs and his numbers. He jumped, what, 11% in completion percentage just by having <laughs> Stephon Diggs? That's a huge jump. But no, that's all Josh Allen. Quote, we invited Daniel Snyder to show to testify today. Apparently, Mr. Snyder is in France where he has docked his luxury yacht near a resort town. That should tell you how much respect he has for women in the workplace. 
Those are the words of uh, Representative Caroline Maloney on the Washington football team owner, Daniel Snyder. He was subpoenaed to go in front of Congress. And Mance just said, come get me off this yacht. Come get me off this yacht if you want me to testify. I dare you to come on this 100 to $200 million yacht that has an IMAX theater in the middle of it and get me off this yacht to come talk about workplace harassment. I dare you. And Congress couldn't do nothing about it. Mans was subpoenaed. Now, if that's you or I, we better show the fuck up. <laughs> we better show the fuck up. But Daniel Snyder's out here ducking Congress, hiding on a yacht. It seems like the only way to get Snyder off this yacht is when it's draft time. That was something Jay Gruden put out there a couple of years ago that, you know, when they would do all the evaluations, combine and interviews with prospects and all that type of stuff, that when it was time to actually make a pick or put selections forward to make a pick, they would have to send it off to Snyder on the yacht. And then Snyder would come off the yacht to make the pick. So, you know, damn, damn all the Congress stuff. Damn the subpoena for workplace harassment. Damn the mysterious $100 million that have popped up to buy that land out there in VA for a new stadium. Forget all that. Before a draft pick? Oh, yeah, I'll come make that pick. I'll, I'll come off the yacht for that. I'll come off the yacht for that. Workplace harassment? No, 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 I'm good. I'm chilling. I'm just float out here in France. Come, come and get me. What was that Hove and Timbo shit? Come and get me. Come and get me. Going from one horrific workplace environment that did involve a Gruden to another, have you seen what's going on with the Raiders? And while John Gruden still has his lawsuit ongoing with the NFL and the Shield, uh, the Raiders organization has gone under a lot of change. And the Raiders just hired uh, the first black female president in NFL history, Sandra Douglas Morgan. And while that's a huge deal and we want to support that and salute that, I'm just wondering if that's a smokescreen for the mass exodus that's been happening throughout the Raiders front office and organization. It's been a mass exodus. People are running away. There's been rumors for years, even before they went to Vegas, but especially now that they've been in Vegas, there's been rumors of how that front office has gotten down and how women have been treated much like the Washington football team. So, is the hiring of Sandra Douglas Morgan a smokescreen? I hope not. I'm glad she got that job, and hopefully she can do something with that job now that she's been given that opportunity. I'm sure she's been passed up for other jobs that she was qualified for, so hopefully she can do what she has to do here. I just wonder, are they trying to put a smokescreen in front of the problem? Are they putting a Band-Aid on a bullet wound? Is basically what I'm asking. Hey, bro, that Saudi money is real, bro. They almost got Chuck. They almost got Chuck. Charles Balky was about to skate. Charles Balky was about to skate, allegedly, and run off and ride off into the sunset for 60 M's? 60 M's a year? Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't have blamed him. I wouldn't have blamed Chuck. He would have ran off 60 M's? Yeah. Yeah, he, he would have had to. He would have had to. He's allegedly making 20. If the Saudis pull up and say, we'll triple your salary. How many of y'all saying no? <laughs> how many of y'all saying no? Someone pulls up and says, yo, you could do the same job, work less, but I'm going to triple your salary. What would you do? 
I'm actually low-key surprised he didn't take it. Now, I'm sure I don't know what his role would have been because, you know, this whole live thing, and I've been talking about it here with with golf and, and tennis and this alleged Super League, but live golf is, is they, they for real, bro. They throwing the bag around. All the golfers are hopping on. All the golfers. Tiger Woods turned down a billy, a billy, allegedly. Tiger Woods turned down a billion dollars from Live Golf. He's riding with the PGA Tour. Imagine having the power and the equity to turn down a billy. Tiger Woods allegedly did that because he wants to ride with the Shield, and his Shield is the PGA Tour. Bruh, how many of y'all turn it down to Billy? I mean, damn, dog. Like, I know Tiger Woods, he's still got the Nike money, right? He's still got some Nike money. He's still sponsored by Nike. And, you know, it's not like he's winning tournaments. So I don't know what I don't know what the revenue split is, but a uh, Billy? <sighs> I don't know, dog. <laughs> like, that would have been a hard. That's a long conversation. That's a long. I mean, a uh, Billy? How do you say no to a Billy? Imagine being at a point in your life where you could say no to a Billy. That's crazy. So Chuck is at a point in his life where he could say no to 60. Although, again, live unless I'm missing something. They don't have any basketball rights. So what was Chuck going to do? I know Chuck loves golf and he's played golf, but they're going to have Chuck as a golf commentator. Like, Chuck has said he's going to finish up his TNT contract, and that's it for him. Like, so I think he's got, like, what, like a year, maybe two left on his deal? So if he's making 20-whatever mil before this Saudi thing, because I'm assuming the reason why he's staying at, at TNT is because they upped the bag. So who knows what he's making now? If they offer him triple his salary and – Allegedly, he's making around 20s, and let's say they're now going to pay him double. Like, if you're Chuck, and let's say he's making 20. I don't know any of this, right? This is all alleged. This is all hypothetical. Let's say he's making 20. He's got two years left on his deal. That's 40 million, right? So 40 million. All right, cool. Saudis come through and say, yo, dogs, we're going to triple your money. Even if you do a year, that's 60. That 60 is worth more than your two years left at TNT. So maybe he went to TNT like, yo, dogs, y'all got to up this to at least 30. 30 a year. So that way, even if I would have left, I would have did that for a year just to cash out to make the 60 mil. So now he might be making 30 over the next over his last two years to get to that 60. And, you know, the reasons that have been publicized of why he turned it down is he didn't want to give up his, you know, sponsorships and stuff like that. That also come correlated with his uh, TNT contract. But, I mean, damn, dog. Somebody just say, yo, triple your salary. You don't even got to worry about them sponsorships, dog. Triple your salary. Just pull up. We just need you to pull up. But pull up to what? The golf stuff? Would you watch golf because Chuck is on the broadcast? I don't know if that would have gotten me, but I could see that turning some some golf fans I could see that converting some golf fans to like really pull up some PGA Tour guys. I could see that some PGA Tour fans, if they know Barkley's on the broadcast and they're pulling more and more of the top golfers from PGA Tour into Live Golf, yeah, I could see that being enough to warrant paying 60 M's 
to Chuck Barkley. I can see it. I can see it. But, yo, this shit is getting real, man. If Tiger Woods is turning down a Billy, if they're offering to triple Charles Barkley's salary, who's next? If you're Liv Golf, who's next? And they've pulled, like, not only the top up-and-coming golfers, but they've pulled some legacy golfers as well. Greg Norman is now down with Live Golf. Phil Mickelson, as I talked about here on the pod, is already down with Live Golf. So they're not just pulling, you know, young, hungry dudes who are just looking for a come-up. They're pulling some vets who are cashing out. Where does this end? We see where college football is going. At some point, the, the old standard is going to go away. The NCAA will be gone very soon. The PJ Tour will be gone very soon. What if the Saudis say, yo, football, we want in? What if they say basketball, we want in? Who's saying no in the NBA or the NFL? What if the Saudis pull up and tell Lamar, we'll give you 500 guarantee? I'm not shitting you. What if the Saudis say, we want in on football, Lamar, 500 guarantee. We'll wire it tomorrow. I mean, if you're Lamar, what do you do? You say no to that? Ravens out here bullshitting, trying to give you funny money like Kyle Murray? Deshaun Watson allegedly broke the system, much like the Rudy Gobert trade in NBA. The, the Deshaun Watson contract has broken the quarterback money in the NFL. If the Saudis pull up and tell Lamar, we're starting a league, we want you to be the face, we're paying you 500 M's. And he don't got no agent. He going to see that 500, all of it. I don't know, man. The Saudis are here for, uh, this is dangerous. And I'm not saying dangerous in a bad way. This is dangerous to the legacy acts, to the legacy leagues. That could be a real thing. If they know they can dangle the bread and get interest from the top of the top, like a Tiger Woods to turn out a Billy, like Chuck Barkley to triple his salary, but they've gotten a whole slew of top golfers. We see where college sports, specifically college football, is going with basketball soon to follow. We know what's going to happen. These leagues and these organizations that have been tried and true are going bye-bye. And I know the NFL feels they're unshakable, unbreakable, untouchable. But the bottom line is when the Saudis can match your bread, if not beat it, what exactly are you hanging your hat on? You know what it is. Appreciate y'all for listening. Uh, Had to take that break, man, because I knew nothing was happening. I knew nothing with KD was happening. Once that Gobert thing, that Gobert thing fucked everything up. You know, now the Knicks tape can't even get Spider because the the T-Wolves just gave away everything. The Skemmerdom Day I struck again. So I knew nothing was happening. So I said, I'm going to just chill in July. Now it's August. We back to it. We back at it. So uh, lock in on everything. Audio and visual, thecmd.com. You know what it is. Uh, Appreciate y'all for listening. I'll be back with y'all next week. Whether KD gets traded or not, whether Kyrie shows up or not, or whether LeBron signs an extension with the Lake Show or not, Back to weekly pods. I took that refresher. We good now. And uh, I'll holla at y'all next week. So for the Sam D Podcast, I'm the Sam D. I'm out.